0: Uh, tonight is, I decided to go ahead and wrap this up, wrap up our fake series to wrap this up tonight. Um, and I just feel like that we need to go a different direction next week and then here in a couple weeks some cool things are going to happen. But um, hopefully this is, this is the third night we've been talking about this and hopefully the series has kind of been challenging for you. Hopefully that God has spoken something to your, something to your heart through this series, and, and if you missed any of it, um, you can go back and listen to our podcast. We're on iTunes, and we have a podcast. You can listen to the messages if you'd like to catch up, catch anything that you missed before. But I believe that the Lord wants to speak something specifically to you tonight. And and um, and so I want you guys, I want, I want to ask you guys, please uh, pay attention. Please listen. Uh, please don't distract people around you, um, because I believe that God could really... I believe he will and can speak to your hearts tonight. So um, I want you to look at the person right next to you. Look at right in their face. Tell them to put away your phones. Put away your phone. And then tell them, say, say look at him, look at him right in the face and say, but really, let's pay attention tonight. And then say, I love you. Okay, don't be weird. I want to encourage you guys tonight to take some notes because there there could be something, anything that God could speak to your hearts tonight and and you'll want to hear it and you'll want to know it and you'll want to receive it. And you can go back and look on it later and be like, oh yeah, that's what God said to me on this night. So I want to encourage you guys to take notes because we say that note takers are history makers and they go to heaven. So so this series has been all about um, being fake. And it's been all about fake and being fake. and But tonight, I'm going to just take a little bit, and I'm going to flip the script a little bit and talk about being real. Everybody say real. real. How many of you guys like money? Yeah. Who likes money? Let me see if I got some money here. Let's see what we got. Um, oh. oh, wow, look at that. Would you look at that? Fifty dollar bill. Fifty right here. I've got a fifty right here. Does anybody know who's on the front of the fifty dollar bill? Grant on the color uh, cover front of a fifty dollar bill. So who likes money? Who likes money in here? Yeah, I think a lot of us do. Um, I've heard this story. A while back, and it's it's a true story. It's real, and and um, and, and I want just want to share this with you for a moment. Did you know that you guys probably know this? I'm sure you've heard this. I'm sure you realize this. There are people in this world who make counterfeit or fake money. You guys have heard of that? Has anybody ever seen fake money? Has everybody dealt with fake money? Really, guys? Um, but did you know this that there are paid government officials who go around and they look at money to find out if it's real or if it's fake to find out if it's counterfeit they just go around and they look at money who would like that job how, how many of you guys in here you you really do like the smell of money you're like you're like yeah. You're like yeah you like this now do you really still like the smell of money I'm just kidding um, who, who would like that job? You just go around and make it sure money's real. Yeah. Well, here's what happens. Listen, they train these people to spot fake money, but not, not by looking at the fake, at the counterfeit bill and, and looking at the, the certain kind of ink or the certain kind of dye that they use or the size or the shape of the bill. The way they train these people, and these are government people. Is, is they train them to know exactly what the bill looks like. They train them to know exactly what a $50 bill looks like. So these people spend all their time looking at, examining, reading, and studying bills. They, they look at the bill, they examine it, they study it, they take notes on it. There, there's, there's this actual statement that they use for this, this job, for these people, and I'm going to teach it to you tonight. And this is how, this is what they say, this is what they use to evaluate uh, the money. And this allows them to, to see a fake, and, and they know a fake almost instantly. The phrase, the phrase they use when they're evaluating it, it goes like this, touch, tilt, look at, look through. When they're evaluating money, they say, touch, tilt, look at, look through. Say it with me. Touch, tilt, look at, look through. Now, I've got this $50 bill here with Ulysses. No, it's Harvey Grant. Sorry. Um, They teach them to examine the bill. They look over the bill. They examine the bill. they, They have to touch it. They have to feel it. They, they have, there's a certain feel that an authentic bill has. Um, maybe you don't know this, but there are actually some stamps on bills. And, and then sometimes even there's raised letters, there's raised stamps, there's, there, it feels different. Um, and, and you can feel a raised stamp or you can feel a raised letter, but you also tilt it. 'Cause when you tilt it, and I know specifically I'm not really familiar with fifty dollar bills because I don't get to see these very often. But if you have a twenty, I, I get to see those sometimes. Um, but if you if you guys ever notice if you take a good look at a twenty, a newer twenty dollar bill, what they do is they tilt it also and they look at it, and what what are you looking for when you tilt it? The hologram. There's a hologram on the bill. And they tilt it and most of these bills, if you tilt it the right way, you see a hologram the other thing the other the other thing they tell them to do is to look at the bill <clears throat> They would know and they, they've studied these bills and they would know and they would recognize like if the font is off, if the print is off, even if the slightest color is off, if things are off, they'll look at the bill. And they would know that it's a fraud if the color's off, the pictures are off. Um, on, on, on the 50, if you look really close on the back of a $50 bill up in here, like in this kind of what looks like a blank space baby area. Nobody got that. Okay. Um, they have up here in these areas little bitty 50s. They have little 50s, like there's there's probably hundreds of them on each side, these little bitty 50s that are just over here on each side, printed on the back. There's like all kinds of very unique things printed all over the $50 bill, all over the bills. Um, and then how many of you guys have ever seen a person, they take a bill and they hold it up in the air and then they look through it, right? You've seen people do that maybe at the grocery store when they're checking, see if your money's real. Um, and they mark it with a little pin and all this stuff. But um, <clears throat> what what they're doing when they do that is they're looking to, to, they're looking for a watermark. They're looking for a watermark in there. Oh, there it is. Yeah, looking for a watermark. And um, sometimes it'll be the face of the president. sometimes it'll be something different. Sometimes you can look through it. But here's the deal. they touch, tilt, look at, and look through. See, these people are great at figuring out what bills are real and which ones are counterfeits. Tonight, I want us to be able to look at our lives and realize and and ask, what does a real Christian look like? What does a real Christian look like? See, the past couple weeks, we've been talking about fake Christians. We've been talking about being fake and fake Christians. And if you remember, the, the Bible said that there would be people... Who have the appearance of godliness, but they deny its power. But what does a real Christian really look like? If, if if I really want to live all out for Jesus, if I'm the real deal, what does a real Christian look like? So here's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to give you five real quick things. Everybody say five. I'm going to give you five real quick things. There's more, but I'm going to give you five quick things that every Christian should have. How many? How many? High five someone next to you. Before we get started, let me challenge you with this. Let me challenge you with this. A lot of times, a lot of times you hear sermons preached, and, and I do this too. Sometimes, A lot of times we hear sermons preached, and I got to admit, I do this sometimes too. Um, when you hear a sermons preached, uh, you'll hear this sermon and sometimes you'll think, man, that person right over there, they really need to hear this sermon or that person, man, if they would listen and put into practice this sermon tonight, it would change their lives. A lot of times we do that. How I many, you would actually admit, I, I've admit, I'll admit I've done that. You would look across the room, maybe the person next to you and be like, Man, this sermon's really for you. Yeah, right. And you're like, that person really needs to hear this tonight. But here's, here's what I want you to do tonight. Listen. Here's what I want you to do tonight. Anytime, and tonight and from now on. Anytime that you hear a message preached. Anytime that you, you hear a sermon, a message preached. I want you to think... <clears throat> I, I, I don't want you to think of that person, that, uh, that friend, that per- person who pl- publicly claims they're a Christian or not. I don't want you at all to think about that other person. From now on, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. When you hear a message, when you hear any kind of sermon preached, instead of pointing a finger, <clears throat> I want you to be courageous and always, always, always look at ourselves first. Look at ourselves and say, does this speak to me? Is this something for me? Is this something that God's saying to me? Um, and see if that message fits you. Always run it through yourself first. And So tonight, <clears throat> I want to I encourage you guys. I want to encourage you to be the real deal. I want to encourage you to be real Christians. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the super Christian. But there are some things tonight that real Christians Have And I want you guys tonight to be the real deal. So if people were to touch your life, tilt your life, look at your life, look through your life, would we see a real Christian? So tonight I want to give you an area where some things where you can begin to work on this. So take notes, write some things down, some stuff you need to know tonight because there are five things that you need to know. Uh, and Jesus loves people who take notes. So here we go. Number one. <clears throat> Number one. You need to know this. Write it down. Real Christians are not perfect. Real Christians are not perfect. And let, let me explain. Before I do that, everybody say, "Whoo!" Isn't that a little bit of a relief? Um, tell, tell the person next to you. Say, that's good news for you. Um, real Christians are not perfect. And this is important to know. This is, this is important to know. I need you to know this. You need to know this. If, if you've ever been hurt by someone who calls themselves a Christian, if you've ever been hurt, the good news is that you don't have to be perfect to be a Christian. If, if you read your Bible, it does a great job of, of showing how it's full of incredible men and women who did incredible things for God. The, the Bible does a really great job of also displaying the imperfections of every one of those people in the Bible. <clears throat> name, name any biblical hero other than Jesus. Anybody in here you're named after a biblical by you have a bible name, bible character name. Yeah. You don't, maybe. I don't know. My middle name's Paul. So, I'll go with that. Um so I my first name is Jeremy and I have all the people asking me all the time, "Oh, is that like Jeremiah?" No, just Jeremy. And I'm that's me. So, um See, you can start in the old testament look all the way to the new testament every every person every every example every person that we love to to speak about to read about to say that there are biblical heroes every one of these people have also incredible imperfections so if you're if you're not perfect tonight you're in great company Um, The only kind of people that God uses to make a huge impact for him are imperfect people. So there's hope for you. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's good news for us that that God uses broken, messed up people. He uses people just like you and me. He uses people who don't have it all together. Only he he uses people who have issues, people who have problems. He he uses people, uh, imperfect people. The reason for that is he wants it to make it clear that there's only one perfect person who's ever lived on this earth. Nobody else gets the credit, glory, honor, except for Jesus. And God wants you to know tonight that it's okay that you're not perfect. L- let me say it like this, and, and, and um, hopefully you'll get this and grab this and understand this. It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. Say say it with me. It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. See, you can still be a real Christian with your imperfections. And and I'm not trying to to shame anybody, try to guilt trip anybody. But I want you to know... um, I want you to know this, this next point is really important because even though the Bible makes it clear that you don't have to be perfect, the Bible also makes it clear uh, that those who are not fake know the one who is perfect. Second point is this, real Christians know perfect. Real Christians know perfect. And let me kind of go back on that first point. We can't achieve perfection. It's not possible. If we were perfect, we would be God. And that's not going to happen. That's not ever going to happen. And it's not possible. But our goal is to daily be closer and more and more and more like Jesus. That means things are going to have to change on the inside of you. That means attitudes, our actions, the way the things we do, the way we act, the way we think. There's always a constant process of being more and more and more like Jesus. We've never arrived. Like I have reached the seventh level of Jesusdom. <laughs> and I am so holy, you should bow down. No, it's 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 always, always, always a process of being more. And more and more and closer to Jesus. Second point is this: real Christians, they know perfect. What I mean by that is that they know Jesus Christ. You know Jesus Christ. If you're a real Christian in this room, I want to think about, I want you to think about that moment where you said yes to Jesus. That moment where you said, I'll follow you, Jesus, I'll live for you, Jesus. Think about that moment. If you remember that moment. Think about that moment where you said yes to Jesus. It was probably most most likely in light of your sinfulness. I, I remember where I was when it happened to me. I was sitting on the curb outside of my house. My best friend who had just several days before overdosed on cocaine. And he prayed a prayer with me on my curb outside of my house. I knew how broken, how imperfect, how much of a sinner I was. I knew that I was imperfect, but I knew that Jesus Christ, he came to this earth and he lived a perfect life for imperfect people like me and like you. Everybody, raise your hand if you're imperfect in this room. Come on, don't even play. That's, that's all of us. That's every single One of us, we're all imperfect and that's good news. But I want you to understand something unless you know who Jesus is and why he came, you're going to remain that way. The second truth tonight, you have to understand who the perfect one is. Let let me kind of pause for a moment because I I need to point this out. If you're a real Christian. And you know who the perfect one is. That means when you do something good, Christian, who does the glory go to? It goes to Jesus. It goes to God. Like you see people who at, at award shows, right? And they receive an award for whatever. Maybe it's a song or maybe it's a movie or whatever it is. And and But their song is terrible. Like it seems seeing it's like it's all about like uh, doing really bad things, like terrible things. and but what is what do some of these people say when they accept their award? Well I'd like to thank God. Jesus. Well no 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 most people don't say Jesus because that's being too specific. A lot of people believe in a God. But not many of them say Jesus' name, which is really interesting. I believe in God. So, like, everyone's like, oh, cool, cool, cool. But when someone says, I believe in Jesus, like, what? Anyways. Now, the world thinks, the world thinks you're a fake. Like when these people of the world think, like when they get up, they're, they're singing songs. They just won an award for these songs about drugs and doing things to women and, and money. And you're bragging about a certain lifestyle that don't have anything to do with the Lord. And then they give credit to the Lord. I'd like to thank Jesus for helping me write this song about being with women and doing drugs no. Maybe maybe an athlete scores a touchdown. They shoot the three-pointer. They get the dunk. They hit the home run. And what they'll do, what do they do a lot of times? Point to heaven, or they debo. <laughs> or they'll, they'll point to heaven. They'll praise God for their home run. They'll dab, they'll whatever. And, and they'll praise God. <clears throat> and they'll thank the Lord. But, but here's my point. Christians know when that they... <clears throat> when they do something good, they're doing it for the glory of the Lord. We're doing it for the glory of the Lord. The Christians also know that when they make a mistake, and I want you to hear this tonight, when you also when we make a mistake, also in that moment, you have to give glory to the Lord. Let me explain. Well, first, before I explain, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> How do we give glory to God when it's a mistake? How do we give glory to God when it's a mistake? Think about it. The, the way you do it is like this. You confess and you ask forgiveness. And, and, and for me and for a lot of us imperfect people in this room, that's an ongoing process. That happens all the time. It's an ongoing process. That's, that's the way we continually give glory to God. We don't only praise him when we're scoring the touchdowns or when we're doing the good things, but also, God, I've messed up. I confess this to you. God, would you take this? We, we, we don't act like we didn't make the mistake. We don't ignore the mistake Let me give you an example. Maybe you come home tonight from Emerge, from church. You go home and and your mom says, before you go to bed, like, you need to take the trash out. You you need to go walk the dog. Pick up the poop after the dog. Um, In the morning, I need you to take your little brother here. Before you go to school or whatever, somewhere, take them there in the morning. And then you start this. You start arguing with your mom. And you say something real mean. And you say something real harsh. Mom, I hate you, mom. I'm so mad at you, mom. You're so dumb. I wish you weren't my mom, mom. And like we say stupid things. Has anyone in here ever said something stupid to their parents? Oh, Yeah. I used to say some stupid things to my parents. Who who in here has ever told your parents that you're gonna run away? Really be honest. Like, come on. I'm gonna run away. I hate it here. I could live better on the street. Like, whatever. I'm I'm gonna run away. And like, and so like you actually like go in and maybe even pack a bag. Like, who's who's actually packed a bag? Yeah. You pack a bag, and like, here's the deal. We say some stupid stuff. One time I told my mom I was mad at her. She was making me do stuff that I didn't want to do. I was so mad at her. I I told her I I was arguing with her, griping with her. I was like, Mom, I'm just going to run away. I'm leaving. I was like 10, 12 years old. I was like, Mom, I'm going to run away. I'm going to leave. And she was like, okay, I'll help you pack your bags. My mom grabbed me by the arm, marched me into my room, grabbed a backpack, started throwing some underwear, some socks, some pants in there, and she threw some. She she packed my bag, she even put the deodorant in there, which I was like a kid who wears deodorant when you're ten, and so and she she and then so she packed the bag for me, and I'm like I'm standing there like, is this, this really happening, and like mom I. Uh, Oh, is this is this really happening? And, like I, I kind of start to get tears in my eyes because like mom, mom, I'm no woman here no more. And so like she's packing my bag for me and she's throwing everything in there. And I was like, and I was like, uh, I I I don't know if I really want to run away. And she's like, it's too late. You're out of here. And so like she zips up the bag, grabs me by the arm, marches me outside the front door. And here's guys, we live like ten miles outside of town in the country at this time and like she marches me out of the house puts me on the front door sticks the bag in my face turns around shuts the door locks it click and i'm like mm. so i started crying i started crying because mom wasn't playing Mom wasn't playing around. Like she packed my bag for me, she put the backpack on me, drug me outside the front door, went back inside, locked the door, and then I could see, like it was a glass window, I could see her walk away, and I was like, <laughs> I was crying, but I was like, I was persistent. I was like crying, but I was like, I'm still doing it. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna run away. And like, like I said, we live like 10 miles outside of town in the country. And and I got about 50 yards away from my house. And I turned around and I ran all the way back to the house, banging on the door. Oh, mama, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I'm talking to you like that. You're the best mom in the whole world. I love you so much. I'm real, I, Please don't make me run away. Please. And it's like, mama, you hear this click. My mom's right there, and I'm like crying and sobbing, and like oh, I'm really sorry, mom. And then she takes me inside and spanks me anyways. But um, <laughs> here's the deal: uh, the way we get, and then she's like, "Don't you ever talk to me like that again?" And I was like, "Ooh, like, okay." I, I don't know if you guys ever did this. Uh, maybe you don't. I grew up getting spankings. We had this paddle in our house. It's like this long, like this thick, like this wide. Anyways, uh, years ago when I was a little kid, my parents got this thing from Silver Dollar City. No kidding. And it was called the butt bruiser. And, and so here's, here's what would happen. She would go to give us spankings. How many guys like you put your hands back there? My mom's like, I'll hit your hands too. Whack, whack, whack. And you're like, Like, oh man, I'm sorry. Are we going to get back? So my mama didn't play. She may have been shorter than I am, but she was a beast. So, but the way that we give glory to God when we sin, here's the deal. listen, listen, even though we're Christians, the way you give glory to God is when you confess a mistake. When you confess of your sin, you ask forgiveness from God. If you hurt someone else, you ask forgiveness from them. You don't just point to Jesus when you score the touchdown. When you make the three-pointer, you point to Jesus also when you completely fail and you ask him for forgiveness. The third thing is this. Oh wow! I got to hurry. Real Christians know Jesus personally. You know Jesus personally. Uh, if if we were to go. Um, back in your Bible, and you would read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you would read the Gospels, and, and you would see that there were, there were big crowds who would follow Jesus all the time. There were crowds of people who would follow Jesus. And one of the things that I recognize is that a lot of these people, they saw Jesus, they touched Jesus, they experienced Jesus, they were close to Jesus, but many of them didn't know Jesus personally. He was not their personal Savior. And the Bible says that there was this one time, this young man, he came up to Jesus, and he wanted to go to heaven. And Jesus said, here's what you got to do. You go and you sell all of your things, give them to the poor, and then follow me. And the Bible says that this young man, he walked away because he really liked his stuff. He really wanted to keep his things. And what I want to challenge you with this is that I I know there, there are a lot of people in our world, who are all about Jesus. We, we know about Jesus. Some of you, you're, you're in proximity to Jesus. You come to church, you're at Emerge a lot, but maybe you don't know him personally. You know of him, you know about him, but do you know Jesus? Do you know him? By knowing him, it means that you talk to him. You spend time in prayer Talking with him, you, you worship him, you, you praise him, you sing songs about him, Every, your life is about him. You know his word, you follow his will for your life, you follow his teachings. Do you know Jesus? The fourth thing is this, real, real Christians know Jesus privately. You know Jesus privately. And what I mean by that is you have a relationship with Jesus even when no one else is looking. When no one else is looking. You don't, like, during worship, you're like, yeah, you're this guy, worshiping, praising. But in, in the secret, like, you don't, you don't even talk. You don't even praise. You don't even have – you. real Christians know Jesus privately as well, even when no one's looking. They don't just put on a good front when everyone's lo- looking. You, you put him even on display when no one sees this person spends time with jesus this person speaks to jesus even when no one else sees they 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 give not to be seen they do it privately and and i'm talking about money and and or talking about your time and also talking about maybe your dating life when you're alone with that person just the two of you just the two of us just just you and your dms just you and your Snapchats. <clears throat> Do you know Jesus privately? Do you live for Him everywhere? The last thing is this: I, I got to be real honest you, with you tonight. <clears throat> I want to yeah, want you to ask yourself this, and and I've got to ask myself this a lot of times too. E, even being a pastor, I, I've got to ask myself: Am I just doing this? <clears throat> Because other people see it? Or am I doing this for the right motives? Am I I tweeting this because I just want other people to see it? Or is it really, really something from my heart? Am I saying that because I want people to think highly of me? Or am I saying it because it's really who I am? Let me tell you this You've got to know this Tonight You you have to know this If you'll just worry About your private life with Jesus Your public life Would take care of itself If you would just really concentrate On who you are in your private life With Jesus Your public life would take care of itself If you would live for him in the private Your public life would show it See, Jesus wanted us to live publicly for Him. We